what these young bloods have to understand that this game has always been and will always be about buckets. Just attack the basket. Welcome to Buckets, brought to you by BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. My name is Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network. If you're watching this on YouTube.com slash the Action Network, I'm coming to you from my parents' basement. That's right. I'm coming to you from my literally my mom's basement like a good old blogger should. Uh, I had to fly out for an emergency thing, which is why I was on a uh, I was on in the hotel the other night. Uh, but I'm here with you after watching the third Super Bowl win of my life with my dad. So that was pretty awesome. Always a good time. This is your best bets episode for Monday, February 12th in the association. We will do best bets. We got some props for you. We got some sides for you. We got some totals for you. We'll do all that. Then we're going to get into a little bit of the stuff that I couldn't get into with Sean. Um, He and I's internet was shaky the other day for our last episode. So I want to get into the Lakers. And I also want to talk about the Warriors and some future bets that you can find that I've, I've already bet that are in the Action Network app. The best way for you to track your picks, you get all sorts of cool information. You can do things like you can just watch Stucky just constantly pour money in against Kansas City and then wonder what happened every time and just constantly believe that the run defense is going to get exp- exposed and and then not. So uh, we'll do that today. And we're going to do best bets today and everything with Joe Delera. You can find him in the uh, Action Network app and on Twitter at Joe Delera. Joe, my man, how was your Super Bowl? Uh, it was good. I had a, I had a pretty good time. Had a lot of wings. Uh, I grilled some this year, so that was a good a good opportunity. I was able to host, um, which is always a little bit more fun, I think, because you know yeah. you just don't have to drive anywhere. So I like to just have my spot on the couch and I get to watch from the exact perspective that I want to. So really had a good time, uh, and I, it was a pretty exciting Super Bowl. It was it started off slow, but uh, it was a lot of fun at the end. And I was texting you. And I was like, I you know this is gonna be fun. This is gonna be fun no matter what happens on buckets. So I know you had yeah. a good Super. Bowl though <laughs> yeah i could have i could have been very sad on this show um so if you're again if you're watching on youtube.com slash the action network which you definitely should subscribe to you will notice my playoff beard as i have not shaved my beard since the playoffs began uh much like travis kelsey i found out today that he also has has a playoff beard um and so the first thing i called my wife because she she was i had to go suddenly here i called my wife and i was like can you believe it and she's like i know can you shave like immediately, like first thing, she was like, can you shave that beard, that monstrosity on your face? Uh, but I can't do that until I get home. So uh, hopefully I'm able to get home tomorrow. All right, Joe, enough uh, futzing around. Let's get the best bets for Monday um, in the association. So my two favorite bets are Victor Wembanyama over 10 and a half rebounds and Miles Bridges under two and a half threes. All right. We'll talk about a few others that Joe likes here as well. Uh, I am running it back with the Pelicans. First half, we lost on that the other night. I'm running right back to the well, minus five and a half with the Pelicans. Uh, I'm going with the over full game in that game versus the Memphis Grizzlies at over 223 and a half. I'm going to take the Milwaukee Bucks plus one and a half versus the Denver Nuggets pending injuries. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take Rockets plus four and a half versus the Knicks. And it. we'll talk about it. Um, I want to take the Chicago Bulls, but I need to talk to you about 
what is a little bit of a falling knife spot, I think, with uh, the Atlanta Hawks in the opposite direction after getting burned the other night as well. So let's go through it. Uh, I will let you go first. Let's start with Victor Weminyama over 10 and a half rebounds as the San Antonio Spurs at a just stellar record of 10 and 43 take on the <laughs> Toronto Raptors. Uh, seven point favorites the Raptors are in this one total 232 and a half. Why do you like the over on Wemby rebounds? Yeah, I mean, this is admittedly one of those games that you probably wouldn't watch unless you had something on it, right? Um, but in this game, I really like the spot for Wemby. He's coming off of two pretty bad games, honestly. Uh, against Brooklyn, he had four. Against Orlando, he had either, I think it was one rebound. Um, but prior to that, he had been smashing this line. He had hit eight of 13 games. Um, the other thing is that I like in this individual spot is that Toronto has been relatively poor in terms of rebounding the basketball. Uh, over the course of the season, they're ranked 22nd in rebound percentage. And I think that Victor is the exact type of center that can kind of bother Pirtle, um, just in terms of what his length is, what his athleticism is, what he can do on both sides of the court. Uh, so I really do like uh, Wemby to go over the 10 and a half rebound spot I think it's a little bit of a buy low opportunity after two honestly bad games when previous to that you know even if we look over the last you know 15 games he's had multiple games like 12 13 14 so I do like the opportunity here for Victor to go over the 10 and a half rebounds against the Toronto Raptors all right, that all tracks. Um, Raptors, I think, are playing at a, 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 a faster pace since all the trades. Yep. So I think that that yep. definitely factors in. I think that's a good spot there. Uh, let's jump over to mine, and we'll do Pell's first half uh, versus the Grizzlies. So Pell's been rock solid in the first half. We hit on that earlier in the week. I went back to the well, and they got absolutely housed by the Los Angeles Lakers. Learned my lesson, which is basically like I don't need to be taking solid trends versus the Lakers. Like that's a learning spot, right? We talk about how you know we we want this to be kind of like a, a workshop where like you can work out theories about betting and spots, etc. And like that to me is something I can learn from, which is like, hey, don't don't track in your trends versus the Lakers because the Lakers are by their definition. We'll talk about this a little bit later. Very random. Um, They are unpredictable. They are not good spots or bad spots for the Lakers. Um, There are just random spots. And so I think that that was maybe my mistake. But here versus a Grizzlies team that's obviously kind of uh, to be quite honest, are, are giving up on the season, focusing on draft stock and repositioning themselves for next season. They are still a little bit dangerous. They still have some guys that can that can shoot some threes. We've seen them catch a couple of teams here and there. Um, but in general, I still like the first half here. I'm only laying five and a half with a much better Pelican squad uh, in New Orleans. I do want to look this up real quick about uh, how the Pelicans have done when they face teams that are under 500. Because I think that's like an interesting kind of angle to look at as far as like the win profile that's where i really want to focus on the, at this point in the year pals are 17 and 5 straight up and 14 and 8 64 percent against teams under 500 at the time of the meeting this season on the road they are still 7 and 5 ats 58 percent so i should be pretty good there uh for a great first half team i'll go ahead and lay the five and a half joe i know it's a lot of points but this Grizzlies team is is just skin and bone so i'll trust the pals to get two possessions on them in the first half yeah, I, I love it. The Pelicans have been one of the yeah. absolute best teams in the first half. So uh, I think they're number two, actually, in terms of net rating in the first half. So definitely love the spot against, realistically, like a G League Grizzlies team at this point. <laughs> yeah, it really is. It's a, it is a sad, sad team in Memphis. Uh, first half this season, the Pelicans are 30-22-1. Mm-hmm. 
that's the uh, full full numbers is 3022 and one uh first half via evanalytics.com the pelicans are still second at 3418 and one uh plus 14.25 units first half spread this season um i will kind of go back to back here and do the over here so this one isn't hard to figure out if i think that the pelicans are going to jump up and down on the grizzlies they're probably going to score a lot of points and if they score a lot of points they're probably going to go over um Grizzlies have been an under team this season, 43% uh, to the over this season. They've been an under team uh, at 56.6%. However, uh, the last four games straight have all gone over. Now, they can be a little bit random in terms of like they, they go up and down and they dip. But I do think that since the turn of February, you've seen the Grizzlies really reposition towards just firmly, mm-hmm. just going to play the young guys, just going to get guys, let guys play. The Pelicans are going to put up a big number here, I feel like. Injury report's fairly clean for the Pelicans. That's enough to get me on here on the over, especially at such a low number here. This feels very low. I know that the I could just play the Pelicans um, team total, but I'll say this. If I'm wrong and the Pelicans lose, it's because the Grizzlies do that thing where they hit a million threes and the Pelicans defense looks like shit again, and then we're still going over this number at 223. I will like this. At, at pretty much any number, even if this number gets absolutely blown up overnight between when we're recording this and when it pops in the morning, I've got it 231. So you've got cushion here. I'm going to like it to any number before 230. Uh, so I'll take the over in Grizzlies Pelicans. No, I, I like that as well. I think I think the Pelicans should really work them. Uh, Miles Bridges under two and a half threes for a guy that is putting up numbers since he decided to uh, turn down his trade clause and not allow the the Hornets to trade him at the deadline so that. If we're just being honest here, he can force them into having to resign him because there's no risk for him if uh, he's not traded because the Pel- then the Hornets can't get anything for him. And so their options are to lose him or resign him. And given everything that he has, uh, well, how his career has gone, let's say, <laughs> uh, he's got incentive to make sure that the Hornets are kind of boxed into a corner to keep him. So he's been yeah. putting up big numbers. So I'm a little bit surprised that you're on an under here. Yeah, so I mean, this is really a spot play in a way, too. Um, additionally, like when we look at what he's been able to do, um, he's not like the best three point shooter in like in the world. Like he, you know, if he if he is making his threes, a lot of it's due to volume. Um, but part of the thing is here with what the Hornets did at the deadline. Obviously, they couldn't move off of him, uh, but they did make a number of transactions. They uh, were able, they attained uh, Seth Curry, Grant Williams, Davis Bertans, Trey Mann. Uh, and they also obtained uh, uh, Vasilier Mitschik, uh, who they all are three point shooters. Um, and I think that I, like, will, the, I will stop you. I will stop you to save you. Vasily Mitschik. Vasily Mitschik. I've got it up here and I was like trying to pronounce it. And I was like, I've got the enunciated version, but I always appreciate the uh, the correction because like th- that was a tough one. <laughs> that was a tougher one. <laughs> so I couldn't I couldn't hear it. But uh, either way, look, uh, my thing here is in this spot against the Indian. Indiana Pacers. Um, the Indiana Pacers allow the fewest or like the lowest frequency of three pointers in the NBA, uh, and they've even done that since the Pascal Siakam trade. So I think that when you couple that with who they've also been able to kind of like obtain uh, and like the type of player that they have, I think that Miles Bridges, if he's going to do anything, if he's going to want to put up numbers, it's going to be driving to the paint. He's going to want to be getting into the rim, uh, getting to the rack, and taking those shots like within the within the three point line. Uh, uh, so I think this is a bad spot for him. I think the spacing might actually help him in terms of driving into the paint. So I think that for him, in terms of taking th- 
threes. I'm looking for an under for him at under two and a half threes. Uh, it's a number that even over the course of the entire season, he's only hit in 18 of 41 games. He's gone over that line. It's been a little bit more recent. Uh, part of it has to do with like, you know, LaMelo Ball being in and out of the lineup. But I do think that Brandon Miller is taking a step up. And then I do think that with the acquisition of the of the types of players that Charlotte has kind of brought onto the team, that it's going to take away a lot of those three-point opportunities and a little bit more of the spacing uh, along the perimeter. I kind of agree. You're right. You're right. That's actually a really smart cap. Um, not actually. Sorry. That's a, that makes it sound like, <laughs> hey, Joe, you finally got one smart. No, that's a really good cap about the way that they've kind of shifted. That's a really good insight into the trade situation. You're right. The spacing is going to be entirely different. That's a really good That's a really good cap, Joe. Uh, yeah. I like that play a lot for Miles Bridges under two and a half threes. Okay. Milwaukee Bucks plus one and a half at home. Let's run through a, a few of the trends. So despite the fact that the uh, Bucks can't stop a nosebleed this season, they are seven and six at home against the spread nine and four straight up seven and six ATS at home versus teams over 500. Now I will go ahead and like put the big caveats on this. The injury report is a mess for them and I'm like not surprised by it. They've been banged up. They're coming off of uh, the road trip and everybody's been hurt and they've had lots of problems. Chris Middleton's definitely going to miss this game. So he's out. So that is a, a hit to the power rating here. Giannis is probable. Damian Lillard with the ankle injury is probable. Chris Middleton's out. Chris isn't enough to get me off of this because um, I do wind up making this game with a power rating uh, projection of I still have this bucks minus three. So mm-hmm. I cannot get here on this number at all with Denver. Um, now, Denver is coming off of a loss. This is not a great spot. I'll be really honest to fade Denver. They're very good after losses with Jokic and Murray. They tend to whip yeah. ass and they've matched up well with this team. Um, so again, I'm going to say I need both. Da- I need both Damon Giannis to play. I'm not going to bet this until like, I, mm-hmm. I'm not going to bet this until they are in, in, I need this at game, game tip in, in to bet this. Don't bet this before then. Don't bet this if you hear like, oh, they've been upgraded or, ooh, it sounds like Chris Haynes is like, it's expected to play. Don't. Do not. Like, you have to get both of these guys here. However, look, process has been better for Milwaukee. They keep losing with Doc Rivers. I understand how that looks. The process is better. Anybody that really watches these games knows that a lot of this is just like, it's fluctuations with them on the road and all of this nonsense. Um, They're coming back off that West Coast road trip. Guess what? The numbers don't say that's a bad spot. They just don't. Like, I've looked at them. The numbers, last five years, last 10 years, last 20 years, it is not a bad spot coming back off that road trip. Jay always plays it, and I understand. And you will hit it sometimes. I'm just telling you that the numbers do not bear out. That's a bad spot ATS. It is, at the very most, accurately factored into the spread. Mm-hmm. Um, so I will go ahead and I'll grab the point and a half. Now, if Giannis and Dame both go and this moves to Bucks minus one, guess what? I will still play it. If it goes to Bucks minus two, I'm out. That's my threshold point. Is like I can't do this at Bucks minus two. I have to. I have to have it Bucks under two in order for me to play this. But that's. I am going to go ahead and walk into the lion's mouth here, uh, fading the Nuggets coming off of a loss where they've been so good. Um, but this is on the road. Bucks got whooped in. Got beat in Denver with everybody playing. Bucks are motivated to try and turn their season around. I think the process is better. I'll take Milwaukee here. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think that you're kind of on the right track. And especially the way the spread kind of is, I think you have the ability to wait, right? Like, even if the line does move towards Milwaukee, like what are, we're, we're crossing a zero, like they can't tie. So, you know, I think that you're kind of in a good situation where like, if you want to wait for news, you're not really bleeding like a dead point you know what i mean uh like they can't tie so it's like yeah maybe the juice swings maybe it moves from like a plus one to a minus one or you know like a minus one and a half but um i do think that this is like one of those opportunities where you don't have to guess uh especially in this type of matchup so i I, you know denver has also been worse on the road they're 15 and 13 straight up on the road which is just about a middling point in terms of the league uh in terms of what they're like numbers are what the projections are whatever um and they've actually won 2.9 games more than expected based on their point differential per cleaning the glass so uh, i do think this is definitely a, a buck spot uh you know as long as everybody plays uh nuggets the season on the road versus teams over 500 five and seven straight up five six and one ats they're under 500 on the road versus teams over 500 uh the bench really struggles it's a huge problem and if your bench is going to struggle versus milwaukee you can say like well the milwaukee's bench is bad too you can that's true but it also might be as simple as milwaukee's bench is home so maybe that's easier for them um Kind of the final note, though, is uh, after a loss versus teams over 500, the Nuggets have only played one game in that spot this season, and they're 1-0 and straight up NATS versus the Boston Celtics. So, yeah, um, you know, t- tough one, but I'm going to go ahead and, and brave it and take the Bucks here. Uh, I'm fading your Knicks. Rockets plus four and a half here. Uh, Rockets have obviously been on a huge downswing. They're trying to figure things out. It's been really rough for them. They have lost one, two, three, four, five of six and failed to cover in one, two, three, four of six. Um, so they've, I'm sorry, they've lost five of six, failed to cover in four of six. Not great. <laughs> Uh, but guess what? Most of those were away. I like the Rockets at home. It's, it's a spot where their home court advantage, they are just a better team when they are home. They are they are just a better team, especially as a dog. They are extremely good um, at home in these spots. This season, at home, as a dog, Houston is 8-5 and five straight up, 9-4 and four at 69.2% ATS. Um, no OG Ananobi. He's out with the elbow injury. Yep. You've got um, no Julius Randle, no Mitchell Robinson. Uh, Jericho Sims is probable, but Isaiah Hartenstein is questionable with a left Achilles that's sore. So Shangoon is going to have an opportunity to go against Jericho Sims here, and that is pretty good. Not um, great. The, the, the Knicks are going to bomb, and I get that, and there's a huge advantage. Now, the Pelicans walked into the, the Rockets building three weeks ago, and I was on NBA BetStream, and they the Pelicans housed the Rockets in Houston because they just nailed every three. They just lit them up. And so that's the formula here is that the Knicks just bomb from three, and they win this game. But I'm catching four and a half because of the strength of uh, how good, like standardized power rating with the – downgrade that i give them with og and julius um i make the i make the rockets a minus one here that feels right to me like if this was minus one i would have no interest with rockets home court where they've been so good i actually have rockets favored by quite a bit by multiple possessions um i'm willing to say that like that's not an accurate number get based off of how these two teams perform 
but I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to take the four and a half here with the Rockets at home versus a Knicks team that is literally missing three starters. Like I am very good players at that. So uh, I'll take the four and a half with Houston. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a tough spot. I'd be surprised, honestly, if Hartenstein plays. This is the same Achilles he had an issue with earlier in the season, missed a couple games. So I think that given the fact that Mitchell Robinson's out, uh, if Sims is able to go, I, w- I would definitely think that Hartenstein doesn't play. Um, Precious Achua has played pretty meaningful, and I think like good minutes uh, for them. Um, but, it, but it definitely is a team that's kind of down a number of guys. I, they're kind of like limping into the all-star break and i think that it's just kind of a point where they're just like look uh maybe let's try to scrap together maybe like a win or two before we get to the break but we just got to get healthy um so i i like i understand i definitely understand the play i think the knicks have been better obviously over the course of the whole season just especially in terms of record uh i do wonder you know with with houston what exactly they're going to do um you know they shangun is listed on the report he's questionable ahead of the game so i think that that's definitely like a huge uh that could have a huge impact on the game um additionally you know fred van vliet's still out so uh i i think brunson could definitely have like a pretty good game um you know he and he's gonna be playing a ton of minutes so it's definitely a spot that i would be looking at especially you know like if they're if they're gonna throw like Jalen Green on him like that's not a great matchup for the Rockets but um I I understand wanting to take the points with the Rockets at home with the Knicks you know kind of incorporating a bunch of guys and trying to get like you know into a rhythm um it's not the best spot to be back in New York so I looked at the at the numbers and then I immediately looked at the Knicks injury report and was like, okay, we're locked in there. And did not at, at any point did I check that Rockets injury report. So thank you, Joe. Um, <laughs> You're welcome. Make sure Albert Ching- make make sure Albert Shingun's playing. This is probably a halfway number. If Shingun plays, what does this go to? Two, two, probably two. Yeah, probably, probably two. Probably Rockets two. Um, I'll still play Rockets two as long as Shangoon plays, but I'll wait for Shangoon. That's this time of year. Make sure Shangoon's playing. I'm okay with Fred Van Vliet out, honestly. He's been yeah. one of their most impactful players in plus minus. I'm not disputing how valuable he is. He's really good. Cam Whitmore also injured. Not That's not great. Um, we really wish they had Tari Eason back. That would be amazing. Out for a minute. They got Tari yeah. Eason back because he's been out for so long. No Cam Whitmore. I'm okay with Fred Van Vliet. I'm, I will live with Fred Van Vliet. I still think they have the grit to get this done. Um, Jalen Green's been playing a little bit better, especially now that basically to try and not get traded. And uh, yeah, but I need Shen Goon. I can't. I cannot, in good conscience, take four and a half even versus this Knicks team without three starters if Shen Goon's not playing. I got to have Shen Goon. So um, that is an important twist there. Um, I have one that I want. To, we got two more we got to talk about. This is not a play, but I do want to hit on it. We're back. We're we're back to Atlanta for me joe um, oh no <laughs> i'm not taking them i want to fade them here but they're on the, but now it's the opposite end of this okay so they're three and a half point favorites versus the chicago bulls tomorrow yeah. at home which okay uh alice caruso's questionable zach levine's out obviously um kobe white's probable patrick williams is out uh for the rocket or for the hawks clint capella's out which means more okongwaminix which is good for them and that's the only thing that's really relevant on the injury report. So, as such, um, the, the Knicks or the Bulls injury report isn't bad enough for me to really get uh, get clear of this. Like, I have this projected as a pick'em because that's what this feels like as a pick'em. Uh, and the reason it feels like a pick'em is that the Hawks have been so goddamn awful at home. I can't give them home court advantage. Like, I have no way to give them. Home- I'm giving them currently a half point of, of value for being at home because they've been so terrible. In case you're just joining us, the Hawks are the worst ATS team in history. Now, now, here's what's funny. I famously bet the Hawks 
last weekend versus the last Monday versus the Clippers. Okay. The only game that they have not covered, the only game, Joe, that they have not covered since January 30th is the one time I bet them the January 30th game versus the Clippers. So just fuck you. That, Hawks. They should have covered you. They should have covered that game too. Like they, they should have covered. covered they game. had it. They had it. So now they, so they've covered six of seven and a lot of these have been at home. So they're starting to play better. They're the worst. They're the worst ATS team in history. That's playing better right now. So what do <laughs> I do here? Look, I, <sighs> They're stuck with what they got, right? Uh, you know, like when you look at like yep. I, everybody, we all thought they were they were going to make a trade. I think um, I, I like I was I was surprised they didn't make a trade. I think a lot of people were surprised they didn't make a trade. They didn't make a trade. Um, they're in the play in, like they're not necessarily a bad team. Like they're, I think they're a bad team, but they're not necessarily a bad team. Um, it's an important game against Chicago too, like for seeding purposes, playoff purposes, what what have you. <sighs> they've just they're just one of those teams that like i it, i i struggle to cap them i struggle to figure out if they're good um i do think that given the circumstances i get like i get where you're coming from but i just like i really i really really struggle to get there they're better than them in net in adjusted net rating uh they're they have one of the best offenses in the league chicago doesn't have that so I think if you want to back this, I think you're looking at like a higher scoring game, maybe where Atlanta kind of can get something going. Um, and that's kind of what you're looking at. So maybe I would look at maybe like a, maybe like an Atlanta team total, but then the bulls play so slow. So, it, so it's definitely a tough spot. I don't want to try and predict. I don't want to try and predict how they're going to play. <laughs> no, like I, um, I, I, I can't get there. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So here's, um, here's, here's a, a good, a fascinating turn of this. So it, it opened four and there's a three and a half in the market. And yet we're tracking 86% of the bets and 87% of the money on Atlanta. Now, all that really indicates is that there's only been maybe one significant bet in our system that's been logged on the Hawks, which is what moved it back to three and a half. Right. Yeah. So it's like one random, one random better or group bet it. And that moved it back to three and a half at one book. It's for a lot of the places. Well, yeah. But it's interesting. But I will say, as much as it's like, oh, a sharp group, like, do I want to, this is one of the things is like, do you want to bet into a sharp group early in the night on an, like, after everyone watched the Super Bowl? Like, probably no. not. <laughs> like, probably, probably not. not. <laughs> I'm going to stay away. I'm going to, that's the responsible thing to do is to stay away. I want it noted that I have a lean on the Bulls, but I'm also want it noted that I'm staying away because, um, Atlanta is is one of the hottest ATS teams, but also one of the worst ATS teams ever. Let's talk about this Wolves Clippers games because you yeah. uh, really kind of lean towards Minnesota here, and Minnesota is really good in these spots versus these really good teams. They're one of the best teams against the top teams, and they the defense is so good it means that they hang in most spots. They're grabbing four and a half. However, uh, this thing has definitely moved quickly in our system yeah this open three and a half it's already out to four and a half in some of the books so there's a four and a half out there 25 percent of the bets are on the wolves now the money differential is a little bit different so it's 75 percent of the tickets 61 percent of the money this is a small amount of bets but there is like enough significant money coming in that's shifting it towards the clippers which means that the wolves um definitely like if you're doing this you're going against 
market sentiment, which is always scary this time of year because you don't know what's drawing that. Now, I will say that at four, I have this Clippers minus one, which I think is like a perfectly fair and good line. Um, I don't know. Now, that my line suggests that on neutral, this would be Wolves. And I don't know that you can argue that given how Minnesota has played over the last two months and how the Clippers have played over the last two months. So like maybe I need to tweak that to where this is looks like more like Clippers two, two and a half. Yeah. I think pick them on a neutral is very fair, though, given how these two teams win profile. The Wolves still are very good. They just haven't been as lights out as in the in the start. And the Clippers are dynamite and they're at home. This is a tough one. Why do you lean towards Minnesota? Yeah, I mean, I lean towards Minnesota. I like what they do defensively uh, in this spot. I don't think that the Clippers really have a great answer for them in terms of like Carl Anthony Towns, Rudy Gobert, um, what they can do kind of on the interior. I think they have great answers for, you know, like Jaden McDaniels, uh, Mike Conley, Anthony Edwards. I think that's something that the Clippers can kind of handle. But I think that the Timberwolves presence on the interior is something that's super significant, whereas Minnesota's defense on the perimeter is still good. Like Anthony Anthony Edwards is a good defender. Mike Conley is still a pretty good defender. And Jade McDaniels, obviously, great defender. Um, I guess the concern, if you're like from a Minnesota backing perspective, right, it's the front end of a back-to-back. Their next two games are both against the Blazers going into the break. The I think my look at this is like, do does Minnesota want to like play their cards? Do they just want to trot out a lineup and be like, all right, we'll play you. It's fine. We're we're gonna play you, uh, but we're gonna go beat the crap out of the Trailblazers two games in a row going to the All Star break. Because um, Jaden McDaniels on the report, uh, given the fact that it's a back to back, and like those next two games are definitely games they should win easily. Uh, that that's a little bit where I think I'm hesitating because I think McDaniels is probably worth at least a point to the spread, especially in this matchup against the Clippers who have such elite you know, wing players and perimeter players where McDaniels would really, really be useful. Um, I think that's why, like, I haven't made this a play uh, right away, especially seeing the early line movement. Um, But, uh, like, I lean Minnesota. I think they've been dynamite all season. Um, And I really like them in the spot. They've been incredible against top 10 teams, but so have the Clippers. Um, So I I, I just kind of wanted to grab the points even on the road, uh, you know, even in L.A. But uh, I don't I don't know if you have any thoughts on what Minnesota's like schedule looks like coming up and how they might handle this game in particular. Minnesota is in one of those. I'll say this. Minnesota is in one of those spots where they still have a lot to prove. The teams that have stuff to prove want to prove it. Like they go for spots like this because when you're in Denver's spot, you don't need to prove anything to anyone. Now, Denver still gets up for certain games. They got up for the Lakers game, right? Yeah. But like, I'm trying to think of a good example of this. Boston's really consistent. Um, There's a lot of teams that after they've had playoffs, Miami, that's a good one. Yeah, Miami does. Miami, when, when they're actually like a good team, like the years when Miami's a good team, Miami will still like, if it's a top opponent, like they won't go for it. They were, they're yeah. not like this is a statement opportunity because they, they've been there. They've made all these, these conference finals. The Wolves are in a spot to really go for it. And look, I think the Clippers are in a spot where they're finding like, hey, it's fun to actually play basketball, to take this seriously. This is kind of fun. And so there's value, I think, there. Um, an interesting trend, I did want to look at this. So I looked this up on cleaning the, cleaningtheglass.com versus top 10 defensive teams. Okay, teams that are top 10 in defensive rating, which obviously the Wolves are. The Clippers are 6-7 and seven straight up 
and this is the biggest thing, they're minus 2.7 in spread differential. Okay. That's 19th in the league. So I want to look at um, how do they do at home, because that's obviously, I think, like a significant kind of separator here. Uh, and the Clippers are four and three, but they are minus 5.1 in spread differential versus those top 10 defensive teams. Hmm. So small sample, but we do have kind of a trend of the market's not behind on the Clippers. We had that spot. Like I wrote about yeah. it. I, after they got, they lost in Denver for the last game of their losing streak. I literally was like, Hey, you're going to want to bet the Clippers. And we were on them on that Friday on, on buckets and killed. Mm-hmm. Um, it was very easy to see, but like the books have caught up much the same way that you're seeing OKC's ATS start to drop. The books have finally caught up on ATS on OKC. They're being power rated appropriately. The Clippers are being power rated appropriately. I'm not sure Minnesota is being power rated appropriately because this number indicates a little, it being a little bit heavy. I can't get to Jade McDaniels being worth more than a half a point, a quarter of a point. So um, I think this is much closer to take whatever you think that this team should be, whatever this game should be on neutral court and then give the Clippers two points, two points flat because the Wolves are pretty good on the road. And that's what I think you should like project this number as. If you really think the Clippers should be like three point favorites on neutral, then you should definitely bet the Clippers. And that seems to be what like a lot of it. it, The market is definitely saying like the Clippers are better than the Wolves. That's what I would tell you. If you don't think that the Clippers are, yes, definitely better than the Wolves. I don't think the spot is so bad because I, I do think I don't think Minnesota is. Ain't, they have not treated the season opportunistically with the schedule. Yeah. They're not a team that's going to be like, hey, let's rest tonight and then we'll beat the shit out of this team the next night. That's not what they're doing. They're trying to be like warriors and install culture. And yeah. so I think there's probably value if you think that the Clippers and Wolves are within a point at home or on neutral, then you should bet the Wolves here regardless. And you can wait for the number to go up. You're just going to be going against the market. But I do think that that's sound logic. Yeah, uh, I, I think that makes a lot of sense just because of the fact that like the, even if the Timberwolves said to rest people tomorrow um, against the Trailblazers, like they should be able to beat them. Um, and, you know, winning this game against the Clippers, especially in a in a spot where like I think it is going to matter for seeding. Um, this is definitely like an important game. The top of the West is really, really tight. Uh, I could see them really trying to win and try to trying to treat this kind of like a playoff game just in the fact that, you know, they it, like the seeding, I think is going to really matter in terms of who your first round opponent is. So um, I, I think I'm just going to kind of see how the line shakes out. I probably will. I might wind up playing this uh, if we kind of settle around like a five even. Um, but I, I was a little surprised, at least initially, by uh, by some of the early action just coming in like really hot on the Clippers. when I think that Minnesota is excellent this season. I do have a bad trend here. Um, so Minnesota is pretty good overall versus these teams that are elite, especially yeah. at home. Here's them on the road. They're two versus teams that are top 10 in point in uh, net rating at cleaning the glass. Two and six straight up with a minus seven spread yeah. differential. That'll, that'll do so, it. <laughs> that'll do it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that, that's, uh, that's a tough look there for them. Um, That'll do it. I, do, oh, look, I still think that the spot is pretty good. You can think about it, but I, do, I do, definitely do lean towards um, 
the Wolves. To recap, Joe likes Victor Webanyama over 10.5 rebounds and Miles Bridges under 2.5 threes. Uh, I've got the Pelicans first half minus 5.5 versus the Grizzlies. I've got Grizzlies Pelicans over. Bucks, if Dame and Giannis play, plus 1.5 or whatever number that it moves to. Rockets, if Alperin Shangun plays, I'll grab the points. Uh, it's 4.5 now, but I'll wait and they'll probably move if Alperin plays. And I will stay away from Bulls Hawks because uh, I should not do that. That's just not a game I should bet. <laughs> Can't do so it. I will. I'll be responsible. This podcast is proudly presented by BetMGM. Use bonus code ACTION when signing up to get one hundred and fifty-eight dollars in bonus bets when you bet five dollars. For new users in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kentucky, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia. And Wyoming. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, let's talk a little bit about some more trades and let's just, and some second half of the season stuff. Let's start with the Lakers because we, I didn't get to talk about them the other night with Sean. So the Lakers go through the, the NBA trade deadline and don't do anything. They uh, pass through the deadline. No deal for DeJounte Murray. Here's what I can tell you that I know about the deals from what I've heard, heard talking to people around the league since the deadline. And this is was this was stuff that happened weeks before and they just never were able neither side came off of their disagreement the hawks were basically like yes we will give you Dejounte murray we'll take d'angelo russell's contract we'll give you Dejounte murray if you give us the picks and austin reeves and reeves was a big sticking point because Mm -hmm. lakers management very much loves reeves that's ownership and management genie bus rob palinka they love reeves and they really want to keep him and so they were like, "Is does DeJounte Murray move the needle enough for us? And you saw the reporting after about Donovan Mitchell this summer and about the three first round draft picks. And that was kind of the decision that was made was they decided that DeJounte Murray, you have to, be, we have to be really clear here. DeJounte Murray is not enough of an upgrade to justify them cashing in. They want a Donovan Mitchell yeah. or a Joel Embiid or a, Whoever else gets on that market, they want those guys. That's who they want is those all-star level guys. Now, I am writing a thing on the Lakers right now that I will talk about, which is like, I find it very interesting that Donovan Mitchell plays for the Cleveland Cavaliers and will be in the last year of his deal when LeBron James may be looking at the last year of his career. So I'm very interested in how that works out. But that's like down the line. In the immediate... I will say, like, I don't agree with the move to sit Stan Pat. I think he should have done something. They kicked around Gary Trent Jr. They looked at all these guys. They're going to now, they looked at Spencer Dinwiddie and then realized they could get him off of the buyout. Yeah. And so they just waited and they're going to pick up Spencer Dinwiddie. And that's a good addition for them. Like, my thing is, you can't play D'Angelo Russell past the the, maybe the second round. I don't think he's viable past the first round. Um, I will say this, though, is that if you look at I posted some stats on Twitter on Sunday before the Super Bowl, and the basic lesson is that the Lakers really are that team that LeBron talked about. They can beat any team. They're really good versus the top 10 teams in point differential. Mm-hmm. They're very good. They're absolute dog shit versus the middle 10 teams in the league. And what that tells you is not well, the Lakers are really good. They just got to figure it out. That's how Lakers fans will feel. Okay, that's what how they and that's how the Lakers themselves will operate is like if we get healthy, we just got to figure it out because you could see that we play good. Okay, no, these teams are actually super dangerous, in my opinion, in terms of like Mm -hmm. betting on and trusting 
because it is random. You have to be able to have a consistent approach. You have to have a win profile that makes sense. Otherwise, you're just throwing shit against the wall. You don't know if you're going to get a, like you got good efforts versus these good teams. Congrats. You might get a terrible one in a playoff series. You might get a bad one when you're trying to secure the 10 versus the 9 versus the 8. You might get a, a shitty one in the play-in tournament. You cannot trust the Los Angeles Lakers. We're in a similar spot where we were last year where I said you should either bet them to win the NBA title or you should bet them to miss the playoffs. I said you should bet both of those things together. We're in a similar place here. I'm not necessarily sold on either one as much. I just think that they're in no man's land. Um, that's a lot that I've just said. Joe, what are your kind of thoughts on the Lakers, the decisions, and how to approach this team from a futures perspective the rest of the way? I mean, I like I struggle to... I struggle with the fact that they didn't really do anything. Um, I know that, you know, obviously Dinwiddie, I think was, it's a great pickup. Uh, You're basically getting him for free in the buyout market. And that's part of what LA like kind of always has like an advantage with like those buyout type of players. My concern and like my struggle with it is like, I understand looking at it from like an ownership perspective, like a GM perspective and saying like, all right, we're LA we can like we need to retool like we can tool up like you know like and see like what we can do moving forward try to make the best like long-term picture the thing is like lebron james is getting older lebron only has so many seasons left where he like he still is like in so many playoff series he is the best player on the floor period done like and like when you have that you need to kind of surround him with what is going to like make that work. And the fact that he's been healthy and AD has been healthy, like it kind of brings two questions and like two issues, right? It's like, I think it's very concerning that they are in uh, like the play in right now when they've both played a lot of games. Uh, I also think at the same time, it's like, all right, well, like they're healthy. If they're, if they can stay healthy, then like, yeah, they, they probably could beat anybody, especially if the top of the West isn't that like blue blood, like that tried and true team at the top of the West. Like if you have a Minnesota, if you have an Oklahoma City, if you're playing them as the eight seed and you're LA, you're probably like, cool, we're fine with that. Like we have no concerns with that. Like we would much rather play them than like a Denver or even an LA. Um, so I, 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 I think it's just questionable from like a management perspective to not make any moves um, when, you know, you do have a guy like LeBron who, you know, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't demand trades. He's never demanded a trade, but like he definitely has that level of influence where it's like, look, if you don't, you know, maybe I'm going to leave or I'm going to do whatever. So it's always like a, you know, I think it handcuffs. It's like golden handcuffs. I, I do think that what happened here, honestly, and this will be get written about in books later. And this is my, I'll say this. This is my read on it. This is not Intel. This is my read on it. Okay. Yeah. This is speculative. My read on it is that the Russell Westbrook trade, when Clutch Sports tried to position that as a Lakers management failure, was the breaking point. Yeah. Because then management and ownership said, you wanted Russell Westbrook. We had to clean up your mess and we cleaned it up, but you don't get to blame us for yeah. having done what you wanted. And since then, it's been frosty. And since then, there's been a freeze. DeJounte Murray was a clutch client. Didn't get him. Zach Levine was a clutch client that badly wanted out. Didn't have any interest in him. Mm-hmm. And I do think that at some point, this really was kind of the moment of like, look, man, you're a legend and you won a title. And we understand that you're the, you're the, the goat or second goat, depending on your definition, is the best of your generation. But you're 39. 
And we're not going to sacrifice the next 10 years of this franchise just to get you one more. You can argue that LeBron's been so good, you should. That's my problem is I'm like, if LeBron didn't look it, okay. But LeBron's winning his minutes. You know who's not? Anthony Davis. And people are going to be like, that is not his fault. He's played awesome. I think his numbers have been phenomenal. But at some level, like, I do believe that if you are not winning your minutes, then you are not the level of superstar that we can. We can't put you on that level. You got to win your minutes. You get like, it's hard. I'm not saying it's not hard. I'm just saying, like, that's the standard for me. Is it in order for me to be like, you are a franchise level, like a mega star. You have to win your minutes for a team that's got this level of talent. This is not like Anthony Davis and a bunch of scrubs. LeBron's been great. For the most part, he's had ups and downs. He's a 39-year-old. So I do think that there is a divide there, which I do think probably, like, I personally, I've covered the duration of LeBron's career from 2007, the majority of it, from 2007 through 2024. And what I will tell you is that I haven't covered him day-to-day, like David McMenamin or Jason Lloyd or those guys in Cleveland. Um, or Yovan Bua, who's, who's covered him in um, L.A., or the Heat guys, Ryan Windhorst, right, who covered him yeah. for so long. But I will say that his trend definitely, to me, suggests that probably, like, I, I do kind of think um, that his reaction to this, with specifically with Brawny yeah. moving on and not going to, like... I think one of the reasons he wasn't traded or didn't move for a trade was genuinely that he like he's got too much in L.A. right now. Yeah. But that may not be the case by July. And so yeah. I'll be very curious to see um, how this goes. The other thing I want to talk about, um, it's the Golden State Warriors who are I could not believe this price this morning. Um, you can get the Golden State Warriors to make the playoffs right now at a certain book. At plus two oh five, they are two to one to make the playoffs right now. Now, if you're a longtime listener, you're like, Matt, I've heard you give out Warriors to miss the playoffs on like four different Action Network things back in the preseason, and you are absolutely correct that I have a not huge but a sizable position. Now, I'm going to cash on their under either way. Yeah, barring a 2016 type revival in over the next month of play. I'm going to be fine on that one. But I will say that um, the numbers here, – here's the, the general thought process of why I bet this number is now I have positions. I've, I'm hedging – I'm doing our, our on this because it's easy. Fair. Is I have a good position on them to miss at 3-1, to one, and now I'm betting them to make it at 2-1. to one. The Warriors have an extremely easy remaining schedule. Amongst Western Conference teams, Golden State is second in the easiest remaining schedule behind Dallas. Since Draymond came back, they are plus 18 in his minutes. They were minus six before the suspension. They're winning the Steph Draymond minutes. They were minus six in those minutes. And I've written about how, like, they're not going anywhere if they can't win the Steph Draymond minutes. Well, guess what? That's changed. They're no longer playing with Looney. Draymond's playing the five. I don't know that that's sustainable, but here's the key. It doesn't fucking matter because they're going to play nothing but bad teams here on out. For those of us that use dunks and threes, that site we always talk about, it's been baffling because the Warriors have hung around 10, not 10, 11, 12. They're currently 12th in adjusted net rating with yeah. the ninth best offense and the 17th best defense. 
because they face the toughest strength of schedule in the league. They are number one. They've had such a tough strength of schedule that it has made them look significantly worse than they are. Mm -hmm. That's not to say that they haven't had bad losses. So I will talk about the playoff stuff here in a second. But Joe, I love this future right now. I think like this is even if I didn't have a position, like I would just be like, I need to bet this immediately. Um, It's easy for me because it's a free roll. But like this number is not right. The Warriors are rolling and Kerr specifically is talking like there's something with this group. We've turned a corner. I I take a lot of stock when Steve Kerr says stuff like that, because when Kerr was talking last year, he sounded like a guy that was like, we're just not very good. Mm-hmm. And now he's like, we have found something. Kaminga's killing it. It's been amazing. What are your thoughts on Warriors to make the playoffs? Yeah, I, I, I really like it. Um, I think that what you kind of brought up about Kaminga is – very interesting between him and uh pods like they've both been dynamite right for this warriors team so i really like it um additionally like when we look at what they've been able to do since draymond really returned to the starting lineup they're six and six and two plus 9.4 in point differential or in net rating that's third best in the nba behind only the timberwolves and the cavaliers over that eight game stretch i I love the bet on them to make the playoffs. Uh, I think that like, you know, if they are in a play in type of scenario, which is kind of where they are right now. Um, and they weren't previously, but I like, I think we're kind of where they are right now. Uh, you got to like Curry. You have to like what this team can kind of do, what they can kind of bring together in a one game or a two game setting. If they have to make the playoffs. Um, I like, honestly, my thing is if they can get into the playoffs, if they can get there, uh, it's it's similar to kind of what we just said about the about the Lakers. You know, like if they're in a play-in and they're playing one of these top teams and these top teams are the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Oklahoma City Thunder, like as much as I like both of them, it's going to be hard to look away from the Warriors just based on the pedigree, based on the coaching, based on the fact that you have a guy like Steph Curry. And then I think that the way that they've kind of retooled the roster uh, and what they've been able to do, you know, in terms of saying like, all right, like they're making tough decisions. And I think that's the biggest thing to me is that Kerr is making tough decisions. And he's saying like, all right, Clay, like we love you. You've done a lot for this franchise overall. You're not closing this game. Like we're going to close the game with the best lineup and you are not in the best lineup. So I think that those were decisions that are being made that weren't being made earlier in the season and they weren't even being made last year. And I think those were things that were much harder for us to get past. Now that we're saying like, all right, like Kerr is looking at this and he's going, Curry's Curry's incredible. Curry's playing like when he's healthy, he's playing, you know, like an MVP caliber type of level. Um, We need to do the best that we can to progress from this point. So I think that if he's going to make those tough decisions and like not play some of those guys that have gotten you those championships before and saying like, this isn't what's best to win a championship now, those are some of the most important decisions that you can make as a head coach, as ownership. And those are hard decisions to make. So I think that I was a little surprised that they didn't move anybody. Like I was surprised they didn't get off of Wiggins or something like that. But I think at the same time, it's like you're selling so, so low. Uh, and you know he can be a contributor. He's still young. He can still be a contributor. And maybe there's like a flash at some point that's useful in the playoffs or there's a matchup that he's useful in the playoffs. So I like the spot to make the playoffs. And I, there's an 80 to 1 in the market right now for them, for them to win the title, which is probably the longest number I've ever seen on them uh, in the last I don't even know how many years uh, at least as long as Steph Curry has been healthy so an 80 to 1 on them to win the title right now 
I think, you know, if you're building a portfolio, if you're betting them to make the playoffs, like you have to like them to, you know, kind of progress. And at least it's like a natural escalation of that fact. Okay. Uh, I will push back. I disagree. So I think that you're right that this number has value. Cause if you're like, if they get in, do you really not want to have it? I don't. Um, they're a team that if they are, if the market trusts the overall season power rating for a team of their record and they're in the play in tournament and they get out of it as an eight seed. Yeah. And they face OKC. And OKC, if the uh win to win the spread line, the win spread on the series is Thunder. I can't imagine like I think that they'll probably be like Thunder is are unproven. They're young. This is stuff. We're not hanging two and a half. We're not hanging like it's probably one and a half because of the massive difference between OKC and Golden State. Like it's just hard. Yeah, we to. saw this with the, with the, we we saw this with the Celtics and the and the Heat last year, right? Where the Celtics are a proven team and the Warriors are not or the um the Heat the Heat the Celtics are a proven team and the Heat are a proven team and the Celtics were still minus 9 at home in those games in the on the spread because the power rating was always going to get them there. There is no way for the Warriors to get to a place where the power rating on that is going to lead to that win spread being that like it's not going to be you know Warriors won't be favored it won't be Thunder minus a half a, se- a game it'll be Thunder minus one and a half probably maybe minus two and a half depending on what they where they think the, the sharps will go I might take him at two and a half like that to me is like the dividing line do I think the war if I get a good price on the Warriors to be in the series I will take them I also don't think they can beat these teams four out of seven I don't think they're that good. I do think that they're very limited. I don't trust it when teams go on these late season runs. I don't buy into it. The games are all wonky. You're facing weird stuff. Weird shit happens between the basically the end of January and the end of the season. It gets very weird. So if they are, let me put it this way. If they're like plus two and a half versus the Clippers, I'm probably laying it with the Clippers. Yeah, Like I'm probably laying that. I don't think they can win. I don't, and I definitely don't think they can win three series to get to the to the finals and give you a hedge out opportunity. I understand it's eighty to one with Steph. I get it, I do, but I do feel feel that this team doesn't have enough in the tank for them to solve enough problems to get through that many rounds. So this is once again one of those like, hey, it could be a very good CLV sandwich, but at some point, all you're really doing is trying to figure your way into a double hedge situation in the conference finals, and I'm not sure I want that. Yeah, I, I I guess my my thing is when I look at the West, um, they're only three games back of the Suns for in the loss column yeah. for the five seed. So there's so many teams with like 22 losses. Like the Suns have 22, the Pelicans have 22, the Kings have 22, Mavs at 23. The Lakers are actually ahead of them with 26 losses based on the way like the win percentages are. But the Warriors have 25 losses. They're 25 and 25. I think there's still enough games uh, and given the fact that, you know, we're looking at the, you know, the all-star break coming up, they're they're going to get Chris Paul back at some point, whether that helps them, hurts them. I think it can't really hurt them at this point. Um, you know, it, it kind of depends on how Kerr 
kind of decides he wants to incorporate him back into the rotation. Uh, so I think that's always like interesting. There's maybe some wrinkles there, but I, I do think that, you know, depending on where they can fall, I don't hate having like the 80 to one, at least as like a hedge on some of these other spots where I'm looking like I have Minnesota 80 to one. I have like the Oklahoma city at a hundred to one. So I think that there's some other spots where, you know, if depending on the way your portfolio kind of sets up, I think getting an 80 to one, on Steph Curry and the Warriors isn't crazy. If you're kind of one of those, if you're one of those people that's like, I only want to bet on one team, then like, yeah, 80 to one on the Warriors, maybe not the best spot, um, given the fact that right. like, they have to go through like multiple rounds of maybe play in to get in, like whatever. Right. But I do think that given the way that the West kind of is shaping up and the fact that they're only three games back in the loss column out of the five, I know they got to win a lot yeah. to get there, but they're only three games back in, out of the, out of the five seed in the, you know, in the loss column uh, it's hard for me on the number just like with with what they have and kind of what they've kind of looked like with Draymond and Steph back in the rotation together 80 to 1 just is an insane number to me I think it's way too long uh given the spot I do I I think it's too long I just don't know if I want it I think that's the kind of key here I think the the scenario is so one of Wolves Thunder Nuggets Clippers will wind up in the four yeah one of those teams is going to get the four seed if it's Nuggets, Warriors, 4-5, do you want the Warriors? Oh, no shot. No shot. I don't want, I don't want them it's, there. But, but what if you get, like, Thunder 1, Wolves 4, and now you've got, like, the Warriors don't have to face the Clippers or the Nuggets till the conference finals. Yeah. Then it becomes really attractive. I also just think you can probably wait and get that number later. I just think you can wait and get like a very good number or just ro- or play them series by series. I, I I'll just say this. They, they like a lot of teams. I want to see the bracket. Yeah. I'm not saying that I won't bet. Like I may, I may change my mind. I may be like, you know what? This broke just right for golden state. You know, Kawhi's out. <laughs> like that happens again. <laughs> Cause that just right? happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like Kawhi's out. They're going to, they don't have to face. They're going to face OKC and then the warriors, if they win, that's enough to get me on board. I still feel like I'll have a pretty long number there, um, but it's tough. I do think that they're they're really playing their regular season stuff. I think is really good right now um, to make the playoffs outright, especially because if they yeah. do get into the play in tournament, I like them versus the Lakers. I like them versus the yeah. Pelicans. Yeah. I don't know about Mavericks. That one would be tough. But there's I like I will like them more than three of the four or they would be one of them. So I will like them more than two of the three other play-in teams. Yeah, that's like, fair. I will just, I'll prefer them. So, all right, that's going to do it for Buckets for a Monday. My thanks to David Payne, who's going on a very hard-earned vacation. I appreciate him staying up on the last night. Sorry to keep you up, David. Uh, my thanks to our video crew for putting this up on youtube.com slash the action network. We'll be back tomorrow with a best bets episode with J Money, as well as, uh, I think, I got to figure out who I'm, I'm grabbing for tomorrow's episode, but we'll have uh, two of our contributors for the best bets episode for Tuesday. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Make sure to download the Action Network app. More than anything, until we meet again, let's get buckets. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.